I have a very important word for you today. So I want to begin by all of us opening our Bibles, if you have one, your iPad, your iPhone, look at the screen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we'll notice a verse of Scripture here in verse 9. God is faithful, that's good right there, by whom you are called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. That word fellowship is koinonia in the Greek, it means intimate fellowship, intimate relationship. It means partnership. It means companionship. I'm glad that he offers his companionship to us. And there is no way that if you will come to him, just simply come to him. There's no way that he will cast you out. But he will always take you in and he will always receive you to himself. I think of it this way. You and I have been given an awesome invitation to a glorious visitation from Him every day of our lives. Fellowship, so vital, so important, communion with Him. Now, in the book of Psalms, in chapter 8, I want to look at a few verses there. This tells us what kind of regard He has for you and for me. We are not, in His eyes, something inferior. We are precious in His sight. We are the apple of his very eye. He loves us with an eternal love and underneath are his everlasting arms for you and I. And in Psalms 8, it says this in verse 3. When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. Isn't it wonderful to go out on a beautiful California night and just look up and see the moon and the stars and just the beauty of God's creation? So David is considering these things, and he says this, But what is man? That you are mindful of him. And the son of man, that you visit him. That you care for him. That you have such a high regard. What is man? In the next verse it says, For you have made him a little lower than the angels. Now, did you know that the word angels there literally in the Hebrew is Elohim? Everyone say Elohim. Elohim. And the word Elohim is a name for God. So he's saying, you have made man in your likeness and in your image just a little lower than yourself. And then he sent Jesus who died on the cross. And when you opened your heart and received him, he lifted you up and raised you up and made you sit together with him in heavenly places. What is man? That you are so absolutely mindful of him. In verse 5 it says, For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. That word crown is a very interesting word. That word crown means to encircle. He encircles us with glory. He encircles us with his presence. He encircles us with his promise. In other words... Because he loves you so much, he is embracing you today, causing his presence to permeate through your very being. Isn't that awesome? I mean, it's good to get a hug from him. Look over at Job 7 now, and notice with me in verse 17, the book of Job, the 7th chapter, and the 17th verse. Now, when I know, excuse me, and you know your place in his heart, it will be easy then for you to accept this call of fellowship that he has on our life. 
In Job 7.17, he says, What is man that you should magnify him? First, he said that you are mindful of him, and then he uses the term magnify. The word magnify simply means to magnify or to promote. What is man that you should promote him and that you should set your heart upon him? The message translation says, what are mortals anyway that you bother with them, that you even give them the time of day? (laughs) Hallelujah. The Amplified says, what is man that you should magnify him and think him important and that you should set your mind upon him? Now, I said this last week, and I'll say it again. Praise God. God has tattooed a picture of you on the palm of his hands. Now, if you want to look that scripture up later, it's Isaiah 49, verse 16. Write it down. Isaiah 49, verse 16, in the Amplified Version. He's talking about the nation of Israel, Zion. You are the spiritual Zion in the new covenant today. And so he loves us so much that he is indelibly, glory to God, Tattooed a picture of you on the palm of his hand. I love that. Say it with me. God's hand, God's goodness is upon me. Now here's what the Apostle Paul said about the Lord and what he was talking about in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. Paul said some things that are so interesting. Let me just get over there. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 12 he says, for, these, for this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Don't you know that Paul knew what he believed? But Paul, I believe, is saying it's important, as equally as important or even more important, to know whom you believe. Amen? You know, you can know scriptures and know scriptures and know scriptures, but if you don't know the author of the scriptures, if you don't know your good, good father, then all you have really is kind of a work of the flesh. He said, I know in whom I have believed. And as a result, I'm persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed unto him against that day. You know, Jesus himself said, this is true life eternal. That we might know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So the title of my message today, and I want it to be branded in your spirit, is Let's Get Acquainted. Let's get connected. Let's get acquainted with Him. In Job chapter 22, I believe it's in verse 21. You might see it up there on on the Blessetron there. He says, acquaint now yourself with him. Agree with God and show yourself to be conformed to his will and be at peace. By that, you will prosper. And not only that, but great good shall come to you. Let's keep that up there. How many of you want great good to come to you? How many of you desire to prosper and increase in your life? How about a peace that passes understanding? To do that then, we must acquaint ourselves with Him, position ourselves through His Word and by His Spirit to not be conformed to this world, but to be conformed to what? Be conformed to His will, which is His Word. And if you are going to come into confirmation to His will and His Word, then you're going to say, yes, Lord, yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. 
<coughs> and you then are acquainting yourself with him, you're getting to know him intimately. Oh, that is a powerful principle right there. Paul said, look, guys, I'm not out here in ministry to expand my mailing list. I'm not out here in ministry to show everybody and to tell everybody about how great I am. God's done wonderful things for me. But he said this, my determined purpose, my goal in life is to know him. To know him and the power of his resurrection. Paul is saying this. When I practice the presence of God by becoming more intimately and deeply acquainted with him through relationship, fellowship, companionship, and partnership, the power of his resurrection, it is going to be flowing in my spirit, my soul, my body, in every area of my life. And he said, look, I just want to know more about him. I'm so in love with Jesus, Paul is saying, that I I, I know some things and thank God for what I do know. Oh, but there's so much more about the wonders of his person that I want to tap into. Is that your prayer today? Lift your hands and say, oh, Lord, that I may know you and the power of your resurrection. Here's what Dad Hagen said. Dad Hagen said, now, I can't understand God by feelings. I understand God the Father by what the Word says about Him. He is everything that the Word says He is. So I will get acquainted with the Father through the Word of God. These words that we're reading today, these words that you carry... These words that you read all week long, these words are life. These words are health. These words are strength. These words are wisdom. These words will change your life forever. Forever, O Lord. Your word is settled in heaven. And I choose to acquaint myself with his word and establish it here on earth. Amen. Or we could say in earth. Amen. In our heart of hearts. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good to me. He's so good to us. Paul prayed, God, may the eyes of my heart be flooded with light. Then I may become more intimately and deeply acquainted with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now go over to Psalm 16 and let's look at verse 11. Psalm 16, verse 11. Man, you're doing good today. You're listening good. Psalm 16, verse 11. Somebody shout, thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Psalms 16. And uh, we look over here at a, a great verse of scripture. It says here, for thou... Thou wilt show me. What will he show you? Did you know that there is a path called life? And that there's also a path called death. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Life or death, blessing or cursing. Wise people choose life. Wise people choose the blessing. But there is a path that God has for each and every one of us. 
Now, I don't know if you were here last week, but if you were, you will remember this phrase. Your decisions will determine your direction. And your direction will determine your destination. When you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, he set you on the right path. And when you get on the right path and stand firm in your commitment to stay hooked and to stay acquainted and get to know him better, you will always end up in a good destination. Amen? So here's what God does for you daily. He shows you the path of life for your life. And then he says, on this path, you will discover something that is beyond the normal, that is supernatural. You will discover my presence. You will see and understand that when you give your all to me, I will open my all to you. And I will cause my presence to permeate and saturate your very being. In my presence, God says, and by the way, you will only experience his true presence on the right path. We can't do our own thing and go our own way and experience the presence of God every day. That came right out of my spirit. But if we will go Yahweh, if we will go His way, we can experience His presence every day. And here's what He said. In the presence of God, there is a fullness of what? There is a fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures. How long? That's not until Monday morning. But pleasures forevermore include Monday morning. It includes Tuesday. It includes every day of your life until you leave this planet. And then, woo, glory to God. You talk about the wow factor. When you get to your final destination, you're going to look around and say, Oh, now I understand. Now I get it. Probably spend the first million years up in glory going, ooh, wow, whoa, woo, glory. Some of your relatives are out there right now doing the same very thing, very same thing. Everyone go, ooh, wow. But you can get the wow factor right now. Now, here's what I got yesterday. When I fellowship with him, when you fellowship with him, become acquainted with him, you experience his presence. It brings fullness of joy into your life. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is what? It is your strength. I dare say, we need strength to be living in this day. I mean, if they needed strength back then, we need a double portion right now. Amen. 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 Now, last Sunday night, as Brenda was preaching, I've said this in the early service. I come Sunday night to get fed. I feed you Sunday morning and and uh, by God's grace, we all get fed and do good. But Sunday night, I come to get fed. And she started this wonderful series on the authority of the believer. But something just jumped out at me. As she was speaking last Sunday night, I want to share it with you. Are you all ready? 
I want you to look over at Ephesians 6 and verse 10. And we'll look at it in a couple of versions. Let me quote the first one to you, and then let's pull it up in the Amplified Version. Ephesians, the 6th chapter and the 10th verse. And you understand that the church at Ephesus is, is getting a letter from the Apostle Paul. And the letter is broke down into three categories. The first three chapters deal with the wealth, the wealth of the believer. Everyone say the wealth of the believer. Chapter 4 right through chapter 6 and verse 9 deals with the walk of the believer. How many of you know that wealthy believers ought to walk right? The righteousness of, ought, the righteousness of God ought to live right. Amen? Now, and then verses 10 through the end of the chapter deal with the warfare of the believer. And there is warfare that we all experience. Normally on a daily basis. There's warfare out there. If there wasn't, why would the Apostle Paul tell us to fight the good fight of faith? So we face battles. He's given us the armor of God to face the battles with. But I just want to center in on verse 10. Let's read it together. Finally, my brethren... Everyone notice that word be. Be. Remember when he said, let there be light? What happened when the master said, let there be light? Light was. And quite frankly, light still is. The universe is still expanding at the speed of light. Wow. <laughs> let there be me is what he was saying. Whoo! Glory. So, that's not a lightweight word, be. When Pastor Brenda stands up, or Pastor Tom stands up, or PN stands up, and we say, be healed, that has creative power in it. All you've got to do is open up your heart and receive, be healed. Amen. And then if you're attacked in the middle of the night, you can lay hands on yourself and say, be healed. So here's the same principle. When he said, be strong, it was not a suggestion. Be strong is a commandment. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Now, let me share with you it from the Amplified Version. This is so very rich. In conclusion, the end of the book. Be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him. That strength which His boundless might provides. His boundless might has a provision for a supernatural strength for you. All we must do is draw from it. And as a result of drawing from His strength, we will continuously be empowered through our union and through our communion and through our fellowship with Him. That is a huge key to you being strong in the last of the last days. He said, they that do know... I'm about to preach. They that do know their God, they're going to be strong. And they're going to do... Great exploits. 
Now notice, here's what jumped out at me. Be empowered through your union with Him. Years ago, Gloria Copeland preached a great message called Maintain the Union. Maintain the communion. Keep pressing in to know Him. Maintain this union. Jesus put it like this. If you abide in me, I will abide in you. Jesus said, if you live in me, I will live in you. What Jesus is saying, look, I'm the branch. Amen. And we're the what? He's the vine and we're the branches. And so the branch gets its strength or draws its strength from the vine. If we stop drawing our strength from the vine, he says, without me, you can't do anything. You can bear absolutely positively no fruit. But with me, with me, in union with me, in communion with me, oh, you will experience days of heaven upon the earth. Now, when Brenda was a little girl, they had all sorts of fruit trees on the farm. And her daddy, Johnny, and Johnny was a wonderful, wonderful man of God, been in heaven for many years. He would tell Ricky and Brenda, because Brenda liked to climb trees when she was a little girl. Don't climb the trees and don't climb on the what? The branches. Don't climb on the branches, because if you climb on the branches, you will break that vital connection and that vital union between what? The tree and the branch. And so he was saying, look, make sure that you don't climb up there and break that union and break that communion. You see, in life, sometimes we climb up the wrong ladders. (laughs) I know this is kind of a lame illustration. It's not exactly what she gave me. But in life, we can climb the wrong trees. And in climbing the wrong trees, we can break that vital union between the vine and the branch. So I believe what the Lord is saying to us today. Get acquainted. Stay connected. It is a vital, vital principle for you to be hooked with me. If you'll spend your life being hooked with me, you will see things that you never thought possible come to pass in your life. You will see the impossible turn around and you will see things, glory to God, that the goodness of God can only bring you. Say with me, I'm staying vitally united. I'm staying connected to the vine. Now, great strength comes out of fellowship with Him. Great strength comes out of fellowship with Him. And I'm not just talking about physical strength, and I'm not talking specifically about mental strength, but if you'll stay vitally united with Him, you'll be strong physically. And you'll be strong mentally. But what I'm talking to you about this morning is spiritual strength. Spiritual strength comes from acquaintance. Spiritual strength comes from staying vitally united to, hallelujah, the vine. Amen. Now, is it not true that the word of the Lord says that a strong spirit 
will sustain you in the midst of infirmity. Anybody ever faced some infirmity? It might be a physical infirmity. It might be a financial infirmity. It could be depression, a depressed infirmity. But here's what a strong spirit will do. A strong spirit will enable you to go through anything. A strong spirit will strengthen you to the degree by his presence that you will make it through the valley of the shadow of the death. David said, even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not afraid. David must have had a revelation. What was David's revelation? David knew and understood that the father that he served is not just the God of the hills. He's not just the God of the plains, but he is also the God in the midst of the valleys. He is there in the midst of the valley to raise you up and to lift you up and enable you to go through the very shadow of death and that you could come out on the other side. Amen. Say it with me. Yay. Even though I'm walking through the valley, I'll not be afraid for the Lord is with me. It's extremely important to understand that there are different ways that we can connect with him. Amen? Now, if I want to connect, say, with Ray, I could email Ray. I could text Ray. I might be able to call Ray on his landline, right? There's different ways that we can connect with one another. So it is with him. There's different ways that you and I can connect with Him, connect with His presence. He's made it so easy for us. This is, this is so good. I want you to think about this, that you and I can spend a great portion of our day simply acknowledging Him. What do I mean by that? Well, let me illustrate it this way. David, he didn't say, well... You know, I have peace and I have light and I have strength. And it's good to confess the word and say about what you have. But I think a higher level is this. Lord, you are my strength. I acknowledge you today that you are my wisdom. Lord, I acknowledge you that you are the strength of my life. I acknowledge you that you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the Lord that healeth me. You are Jehovah Raha, the Lord, my shepherd. You are Jehovah Sidkenu. I acknowledge that you are my righteousness. I acknowledge you that you are Jehovah Shama. You are the Lord that is present in my life. What are you doing? You're acknowledging and you're owning the fact that he is who he is to you. Rick Renner, who wrote some tremendous books, was having some difficulty kind of staying connected with God. You know, in life, it's easy to get so busy that you don't have time to talk to God. Or to get so busy in ministry that you're just ministering to people and not really ministering to the Lord. That's true of ministers, but that's all true, also true of you. And so he got to a point in his life where he needed to make some adjustments. He needed to make some adjustments so that he could stay vitally connected, vitally united, and to maintain the union. And here's what he did. He put a little thing on his iPhone 
so that about seven times a day, or I don't know, it was hour on the hour, it would just kind of ding him. And that ding to him was a reminder that he needed to acknowledge him. That he just needed to thank him and praise him and give him the glory. Somebody says, I can't think of anything to praise him for. Come on. Come on, somebody. You just took a breath, didn't you? Some of you got up this morning and fried yourself some eggs. Maybe you put some grits in the oven. I don't know. Maybe you had some biscuits and gravy or a power shake, whatever the case may be. But you got something to praise him about. You got something to be thankful for. Amen. You got a roof over your head. You got transportation. You got food waiting for you at home. You got something to be thankful for. From the rising of the sun, you got something to praise him for. To the going down of the same, you got something to praise him for. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall his praise shall continually that word continually is extremely important because many people will praise him for a period of time but God is looking for a remnant he's looking for a people that will praise him at all times Praise Him in the morning. Praise Him in the afternoon. Praise Him on a snowy day. Praise Him on a sunny day. Praise Him on a rainy day. Praise Him when they don't feel good. Praise Him when they feel good. I mean, a life of praise. Acknowledging Him is taking ownership. The communication of your faith will become divinely energized as you acknowledge every good thing which is in you as a result of Christ Jesus in your life. And when you do praise Him, and when you do connect with Him, when you do maintain that union and that communion through praise, I found a verse of Scripture that God inhabits. He settles down right in the midst of a home of a praising home. He settles down right... Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, He will get in your automobile with you. I mean, you might have to practice some self, uh, self-temperance to keep your hand on the wheel. But you can raise one hand. That hand gets a little tired. Put the hand on. Thank you, Jesus. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice. We will be glad. I believe that we can practice the presence of the Lord. I believe that we can be more aware of his presence than we are the very problems around us. I've written in my notes, the presence of God, the presence of a problem never trumps the presence of God. I said the presence of a problem never trumps the presence of God. Come on, somebody. Listen to this statement. The presence that makes a difference, Charles, for your victory, for your rest, and for your peace, the presence that makes a difference, it is not the absence of problems. It is not the absence of pressures or not the absence of some people, but it is the presence of God. That's what makes the difference. That's what keeps us from going cray-cray. That's what keeps us from bottoming out. I would have fainted. But I believe. Come on, somebody. I have faith. Faith is another way that you connect with his presence. 
having faith in the power of God will connect you to the power of his resurrection. Not only will it heal your body, but it will please your heavenly father and put a smile on his face and say, that's my daughter. That's my daughter. That's my son. Their faith is pleasing me today. Now my presence will come upon them and envelop them and saturate them and their problems will become like a drop in the bucket compared to my glory that's about to come on the scene. Amen. Hallelujah. Acknowledge Him. Praise Him. Worship Him. Get into the Word. That's the number one way that you connect with Him. You can quote this with me and I want you to help a preacher out today. John 15, 7. Come on, let's say it. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. Man, that blesses my heart. It's the abiding word that will keep you. It's the abiding word. That shall preserve you. It's the spirit inside. And the word that you've allowed to dwell in you richly. This is what will sustain you. This is what will keep you. And this is what will take you all the way to your finish line. For on this path is glory and goodness and presence. So stay with it says the Lord. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't be discouraged. But be encouraged today and make a commitment out of your heart. This day I will say, I choose life. I choose to become acquainted with you more intimately and deeply. That's just an exhortation from the word of God. Now I want to close with a few thoughts. Say this with me. Great strength. Comes out of great fellowship with him. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah the 40th chapter. Hallelujah. You'll not be sorry you did these things. He'll make you glad. When the world around you looks sad. Hallelujah. He'll make his church that's united to the vine so very glad. That's a good word right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now notice this in verse 31. How many waiters we got in here today? Are you a waiter? Anybody ever served a table before? Okay. So you know what it's like to wait. To wait is to minister. You know, uh, you you always want a, a, a good waiter or waitress that's got kind of the attitude that they want you there. And you leave them a good tip? Oh, they'll smile when you come in. Oh, no, 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 I want that person. See, waiting is a good thing. It's a godly thing. And there's also a waiting that you and I can do in the presence of the Lord. It is a waiting where we look for and we expect and we look to Him. We don't become distracted by the things around us, but we are so centered in on who's at the table. Come on, somebody. We're so centered in on the master 
that even though these other things try to distract us, we keep our eyes fixed on Him and we are waiting on Him. Now notice this in Isaiah 40. Read it with me. But they that wait upon the Lord. Let's stop right there. That word renew there in the Hebrew means exchange. Everyone say exchange. So what this is literally saying, when we wait on the Lord properly, we will exchange our strength for His strength. And as a result, we'll mount up with wings as eagles. Amen. We will run and we will not be weary. We will fight the good fight of faith and we will win. And we will walk and we will not faint. So I want to close this today by summing this message up by giving you five keys or five indicators of a man or a woman who has a strong spirit. Now these five don't take ten minutes apiece, so relax. Five indicators of a man or a woman who has a strong spirit which comes from abiding in him. Number one, when your spirit man is strong, you will have confidence and you will have assurance. You will not be a person that is worried about what's going on in the world and who's going to be president and who's not going to be president. No, you know in whom you have believed. And you know that God ain't done with the USA. Here's what Paul said. Paul said, look, I'm troubled on every side. Ever felt like that? But I'm not yielding distress. I'm not distressed. He said, I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I've been persecuted. But hey, I'm not forsaken because I know that God never leaves the persecuted. He never leaves the forsaken. And I'm living godly and I know the persecution will come. But hey, I've got him on my side, so what up? Huh? Well, you get to the point you look at the devil and you go, what? Are you talking to me? All right, enough of that. Cast down, but not destroyed. He said, I may get knocked down, but I'm never knocked out. And then in the same context of all that, he says, it's because we have the spirit of faith. It's because we have the spirit of faith. And we're taking ownership of what we believe in our heart. And we're releasing what we believe in our heart through the words of our mouth. This spirit of faith is overcoming the death, the defeat that is around me in the world. I am confident and I'm assured that everything's going to be all right. Look at your neighbor and say, everything is going to be all right. Another indicator of having a strong spirit by being in the presence of God, you will be, live an established and an unmovable life. I want us to look at this one, Psalms 112, verse 7 and verse 8. Psalms 112, verse 7 and verse 8. He shall not be afraid of what? Shall not be afraid of evil tidings or bad news. Why? Because his heart is fixed. He is trusting in the Lord. Verse 8. Read it with me. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. So he's not moved. He's not moved. Because his house is built upon the rock. Say with me, I'm unshakable. And I'm unmovable because I'm fixed on Christ. Number three, here's another one. 
When you have a strong spirit, you literally will be ready for anything. A strong spirit will take you through anything. I'm looking at people that I'm so proud of in this congregation. I know some of the hell you've been through. But the good news is, is you didn't camp there. Hey, I got a word from you. When you're going through hell, don't stop. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Tom says, don't slow down. Keep moving. Keep moving. Well, nobody knows the hell I've seen. Well, it's time to get the hell out and have an in. I didn't tell anybody to get, get, you know, I'm saying it's time to get hell out. This, this, this attitude of, oh, it's so bad and it's so wonderful. We got to get that attitude of hell out. And come on, let's have some heaven in. Go like this. Come on, heaven. Heaven in. Hell out and heaven in. (laughs) Some of you can remember that message just for that phrase. No, you're ready. You're ready. You're not trying to get ready. You've already prepared to be ready. By your acquaintance. By your maintenance of your union. Look at this in Philippians 4.13. This is good shouting ground. Look at this in the Amplified. We need to say this together. Come on, let's shout it out. Ready, read. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him. And so there comes an infusion from the Holy One. There comes an infusion of strength, an infusion of presence, enabling you to do all things through Jesus Christ, the Anointed One and His anointing. Amen? Amen. Number four, we've already talked about it. When you have a strong spirit, you just have an overcomer's attitude. Your attitude is just, I mean, it's just look. God is God. He's on the throne. I'm in the presence of God. And no good thing is He going to withhold from me. And then last but not least, this one is so important. When you've got a strong heart, a strong spirit, here's an awesome indicator. You just don't give up. And you, just, you just refuse to quit. There ain't no quitting in you. You got too much fight in you to quit. Listen, I say this by the word of the Lord. You've come too far to stop now. I'm going to say it again. This is for somebody special here today. You have come way too far for you to quit now. Disappointment here, disappointment there. But oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. We refuse to quit. We refuse to give up. We refuse to relax our hold on the presence of God. We're going through. We're going to make it by the grace of God. And our country's going to make it. 
I am not going to vote for a person. I'm going to vote for a platform. Right? We are not, look, we are not voting the Pope in. And I'm not telling you who I'm voting for, but I will tell you this. I'm going to vote for the right platform that stands for my Christian values. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said last week, I got on the wrong platform after that Giants game. I couldn't have ended up in Pleasanton. I would have had to call PT in the middle of the night to pick me up from San Leandro to take me to Union City. You get on the wrong platform, you get on the wrong train, you get on the wrong train, you end up in the wrong destination. But if you get on the right platform, and let me say this, in context of the message, the right platform is His presence. Whatever His presence is on, that's the way I'm going. You just don't quit. We are not quitters. Winners never quit. And quitters, they never win. And here's what the Word says. Let us not lose heart and weary and faint in acting nobly and in doing right. For in due season, listen, and at the appointed season, we will reap if we do not faint and relax our courage. I'm looking at a congregation of winners right here. I said, I'm looking at a congregation of winners. We are not a bunch of whiners. We are winners. And we know how to connect. So let's stand up and let's lift our hands and connect right now. Amen. Glory to God. Come on, lift your hands up. Lift your voice up. I went a minute longer than I intended to, but I tell you, it was all good anyhow. Glory to God. This is forever embedded in my spirit, Pastor Tom. When Patsy was here, she said a scripture, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And the message says, cascading down from the very throne room of God, there is a river of life, a river of light, a river of blessing. Listen, here today in the presence of God, as we all just lift our hands and just say, Lord, I'll open Say it with me. I'll open my spirit. I open my heart to become more acquainted with you. I purpose to maintain the union. I thank you, Father, that you're magnifying us, that you're mindful of us, and that your hand is upon us today. I ask you, sir, For your very presence, the very atmosphere of heaven, to fall upon me now. I open my spirit. I receive this now. Thank you, Lord. Christ is in me. Christ is on me. And Christ is among us. I think we just need to praise him for a few moments.